hallelujah. The testimony will tell it all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to invite you to the, God, to the, to the Word of God, to the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. There's two verses there that we want you to really direct your attention to. Uh, there's so much there in that sixth chapter of Ephesians. Paul speaks to, he starts out by speaking to children and telling them to obey the parents and tells parents to, to love children and not provoke them to wrath. And he, then he goes on and he talks about uh, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Then he also then helps us to understand that we are to uh, put on the whole armor of God. And after he gets done with all of that, he then he begins to kind of redirect things and, 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 and point us outwardly, those he's looking at us personally to look at our personal situations with our children, with our family, then also with our personal walk with Christ. But then he shifts and he, and he shifts gears in this 18th verse and, and then begins to ask us to look outwardly and not look inwardly. In this, this uh, 18th verse of the sixth chapter of Ephesians, here's what the, what the Apostle Paul has to say to the church at Ephesus. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, the mystery of the gospel. But I want to hone in again on verse 18. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful, to this end with all perseverance and supplication. And here's what I want to point out for all saints, for all saints. So I want to challenge us today to pray for one another. For the last couple weeks, we've been uh, challenged to pray three times a day, 10 minutes a day for the first seven weeks, seven days. And then the Lord said another seven days, so ultimately, ultimately 14 days. That was based upon us reading and, and reading and studying from Second Chronicle chapter 7 and verse 14, where it says, if my people who are called by my name, who would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven. And I told you that we've been praying for, uh, we've been teaching on faith, healing, miracles, signs and wonders, believing God to do great things. And then as the Lord directed me to Second Chronicle chapter 7 and 4, the thing he, he pulled out of that to me was this, that then will I hear from heaven. We'll hear from heaven and see miracles, signs, and wonders, see God manifesting himself in great ways. He says, if my people would first humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will they hear from heaven. And I'll forgive their sins and I will heal their land. So then based upon that, we, we, we had this assignment. And I pray you, you came into agreement with this. I pray that it's been a blessing to you because that's what the in intent was, was that, that we as a people of God would recognize the significance and the need of prayer and for seven days and then seven more days which for a total of 14 days, pray 10 minutes, three times a day, once in the morning, once midday, and then before you went to bed at night, 10 more minutes of prayer. I believe that if we did that, that God has honored that, he will honor that, because what the Word of God says, that what God sees you do in secret, he will reward openly. The prayers that, that are prayed in secret, the pray, prayers that are prayed in private, he says, I'll reward you openly. Amen? But I want to go back to this verse here in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. I want to look at that, and I want to work our way through that verse. There's, there's so much there that it requires us to take our time and make sure we got it. So he says, praying always... 
having trouble here with this. Advance that for me one slide. Praying always, go back please. Okay, there we go, yeah, move forward. I've already said that. Praying, prayer and faith is an essential element. They, they're partners, they have to work together. So we've been teaching on faith, we're teaching on prayer, and so thus we move here to this place of saying we have to pray and then have faith to believe that when we pray, God will do what he promised, amen? Yeah. Now, the next one, there we go. He says, praying always with, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. He says, we should always have a mindset of prayer. That we should always be in this mindset of prayer. But the thing that makes this, this verse stand out the most was that he says, this should be done for the other believers. The challenge that, that, that we have today is we live, we're, we're challenged as believers to stay connected with other believers and to be organic in a disconnected technological age. Because we communicate through social media, through phones, through texting, we have become disconnected and disjointed when it comes to relationship. It also then removes from us the burden of care and concern. So here's the thing. We have husbands and wives having discussions about divorcing through text. That they won't just sit down across from each other at a table and talk about the seriousness of the matter, but, but anything, major, major decisions are being discussed through technology. And what that's causing us to do is no longer to be connected. Then we come, we gather, we come to church, and we don't feel a connection to the other believers around us. We sit on pews next to people that we don't know their names and don't care to find out. Well, Pastor, I'm not that open. I'm not that outgoing. You don't have to be outgoing to lean over. If you're a grown person, surely you can lean over and say, what is your name? <laughs> My name. That don't take personality. It don't take training. It don't take for you to be an A personality or an outgoing personality. It just simply takes some effort. Pastor, uh, what, 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 what? what's his name? Who? Him. Go ask him. I, know, I, know, I don't know. Watch this. And anymore, we're helping you because we have badges out there on the table. Put the name on the badge. Just walk up and look at the name. Oh, Lorenzo. Okay. How you doing, Brother Lorenzo? I'm Brother Steve. Because how can we pray for all the saints when we don't have care for the saints? And how do we develop care for each other? We develop care for each other through interpersonal relationships. So he says, I want you to pray for all, be, be, be prayerful, pray, supplicate. Uh, as I stood here and prayed for the children, and I don't know the boys that were shot, and I don't know the children, all the children that are walking the halls of, of, of Warren Township, but I thought about our children walking the hallways, and I thought about that they were children walking the hallways and in danger, and my heart began to weep. That's what supplication is. That we must pray always with all prayer and supplication, supplicating for each other. 
If your marriage is fine, but you find out that, that someone else's marriage is in trouble, you should supplicate for them. And wait a minute, well, I didn't know. Yes, you do know. If we're watchful, watch this, if we are watchful to this end, watchful means to look for opportunity to pray. That means if you walk in and you see a husband and wife and they normally sit together every Sunday and you come in and one sitting on one side of the church and on the other side, they don't have to tell you they're in trouble. You don't even know, need to know the situation. Say, God, in the name of Jesus, help them. I don't know what's going on, but you help them. You see a young lady that's been faithful and consistent and dedicated and, and involved and engaged, and now you don't see her. She don't have to tell you that she's going through. If she's young, she's dealing with temptation. You don't need to know what it is. All you need to know is that there is a need. Because here's what he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end. But wait a minute. With all perseverance. You walk up to somebody, and you greet them, you can still smell last night in their breath, or this morning. You don't go and say, oh, you know, uh, I think he, uh, no, you say, God, in the name of Jesus, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what they're struggling with, I know what they're dealing with, but I know you're able. You can do it. But if we, if we follow the pattern of society that becomes so disjointed and so disconnected and does not care. See, people will say anything no matter what the consequence is. Texting. Blogging. There's, there, there, there's literally places you can go. If you want to complain about something, you can go and find a site so that you can say all your mind. The reason that we're able to say our mind about things so freely is because of the lack of connectivity. There are things that I that come to mind to say to this woman that I love. But because I'm in relationship and in covenant with her, I don't speak my whole mind. Because everything in your mind ain't no good. You know that, don't you? Let me share this with you real quick. I've told the story before, I'm gonna tell it again. Every thought that comes in your mind is not to be shared or acted upon. Let's say, this, say it after me. Every thought, Every thought that comes into my mind, into my mind is, not is not to be acted upon or stated. Okay, so here's what's happening. I'm, I'm rushing trying to get to the church. And I'm coming across the bridge. If you, when we lived out in Brownsburg, we had to come across uh, Eagle Creek. At 56th Street, there's a long bridge. I'm coming across the bridge. And guess who walks out from behind the side of the pillar? Police officer waving. Flagging me over. I said, where's this car? I ain't in that car. <laughs> you know the first thing that came to my mind? Uh -oh. I ought to act like I didn't see him. Run him over. For everything that comes into your mind is not to be stated or acted upon. So then here's the thing. So I do pull over because I figured that might be pretty bad. I pull over and I'm sitting there thinking and he said, he come walking up. You know how fast you were going? I said, I have no idea. Where are you running off to? I said, I've got it. I'm trying to get to work. 
What do you do? I said, I'm a minister. Mm. Like, he's, like he's saying, you ought to know better. <laughs> so, 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 my car is still running. So I, said, I, haven't put it in, I haven't put it in park yet. I just pulled over. The next thing that comes in my mind, I ought to pull off. Because in my mind, I thought by the time he runs to try to get to his car, he's not going to see my license plate. I'll be far enough away, and I'll be gone. Everything that comes into your mind is not to be stated or acted upon. And while I'm sitting there thinking this, just for that split second, the Holy Spirit came, brought back to me. A few years earlier, I was sitting at the White Castle here on Washington Street near Post. I was sitting there, and I noticed as I was sitting there, I looked down Washington Street East, and I could see the whole street flashing. As it got closer, I realized there was a, a car that was down to just the rim, and there was about 25 police cars behind him. And then it came to me. He thought the same thing that I just thought. <laughs> Ought to just pull off. <laughs> but here he was. He was down to the rim. They'd already punctured his tires. He'd already ran all the rubber off. And now sparks are coming. And before I knew it, I, I heard all the sirens stop. When I pulled out of White House, I drove down the street, and I realized he had stopped. And I thought to myself, I wonder what he's thinking now. That first thought, I ought to pull off. So here's the thing. If we don't have connectivity, then when something comes to our mind, we just fire it off. When something comes to our mind to do, we just do. So the way God wants to keep us connected is through prayer. Because here's the thing. When you pray for each other, you can't hold stuff against each other. Husbands and wives that hold grudges for years is because they don't pray for each other. Mothers and daughters that don't talk because they're not praying for each other. And I'm not talking about praying, God, show her she wrong. No, that ain't praying. That's just fussing at the air. Because God ain't listening to that. The Bible says he only hears that which is prayed according to his will. His will is for reconciliation. And so here's what he says in the word. He says, listen, before you try to deal with somebody's speck in their eye, go deal with the beam sticking out of yours. And most times when we don't reconcile it because we feel like what they did is worse than what we did. Amen. But notice how that has an effect on the body of Christ. Because we come in, we worship we just come in for ourselves, but we're not being watchful to this end with all perseverance to pray for one another. Because here's the thing. He says, pray for the saints. Oh, well, she ain't no saint. You know, she's still, the Lord's still working on her. He's working on all of us. We're none, none of us are righteous. We're called righteous through Christ Jesus. We're called saints by God when we are born again. So he says, praying for all the saints. He says, and persevering in doing this, that you stay diligent. So here, I got a little exercise. Stand up, everyone. 
I want you to turn around and look around. Look around you. Look at all the faces around you. So if you got your back to the people in front of you, keep going, keep going on around, around means keep on going, keep on circling. Now, I want you to, while you're looking around, I want you to spot somebody that you're willing to pray for this week. Look around now. Not somebody, not your friend, not your husband, not your wife, somebody that you don't know well that you're going to commit to pray for. You got them in mind? You know who they are? If you don't know their name, you can sit down now. Get a good look at them. Get a good look at their face. Because once service is out, if you don't know their name, I want you to go, get, go, go to them, get their name. And say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Is there anything you'd like me to pray? You got that? Amen. Is that hard to do? Yes, it is and isn't. Now, let me say this. I'm going to help you out because, you know, if you turned around and saw that brother you've been having, been, you've been eyeing, you know, you're single, you've been, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> Matter of fact, what's your number? Because <laughs> we need to pray over the fall and in person, too. Oh, that's, that, that's real. That's real. That's real. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, Lord bless me. Uh, I, was, I was single until I was 30, 35, 34, and um, the Lord blessed me with, with Lady Toya. And so uh, in, the, in, the, in that journey, I had a sister come to me very prayerfully with her Bible like this. She says, um, Reverend Martin, um, you know, I, as, as single people, we all need prayer partners. The pastor may preach on prayer partners, and I want you to be my prayer partner. I said, well, Amen. Amen, praise God, you know, get together to pray. She said, well, I said, well, you, got, you got anything spe specific in mind? She said, well, you know what, um, we talk about it, we'll set it up, but just maybe every so often we get together for prayer. I said, okay. So Minister Susan, the first call I got, she said, she said well, um, oh, have you eaten today? I said, no, I haven't eaten. So we went, and we went to have something to eat, some dinner, some dinner. Now, we're prayer partners, right? We didn't even pray to bless the food. <laughs> But I'm, I'm not giving up yet, because I'm, I'm believing with, this is honest. We're going to be prayer partners here. So, amen, we're prayer partners. Got to persevere. The worst, that's persevering, the prayer thing, right? So then she called again. She says, uh, what you doing tonight? I said, well, no, you know, I ain't got nothing going on. She said, well, let's do something. I said, okay. I'm thinking, okay. I said, well, you, have you seen that movie? I said, I said, well, no, I haven't seen that. We go. We didn't even pray for traveling mercies to the room, to the like, well, so after about four different events, I said, what are we going to pray? <laughs> oh, I was just waiting on you. I said, no, you asked me to be your prayer partner. <laughs> so I'm just trying to make sure. Don't go and find that brother you're trying to be prayer partners with, you know. But seriously, I want you to commit to someone to pray for. Because he says, be watchful to this. Bring it back up for me. Be watchful to this end and persevering. The next thing I want you to do, the next thing Paul says in verse 19, he says, he says, and pray for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And then pray for your pastor. 
that I might continue to preach the unadulterated word and not succumb to the pressures of society to give in and to begin to speak fables rather than truth. Paul says, pray for me that I might keep preaching the bold gospel. Because one thing that I can say that, 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 that in, in a time where people are looking for itchy ears, they don't want to hear this. They don't want to be challenged to, 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 to really pray for each other. They don't want to be challenged to be connected. They don't want to be challenged to, be, to do your, your, your Christian duty to pray for other believers. They just want to come in, feel good, shout, and hear a pep talk. Your haters will be laters. Yeah. <laughs> do you realize God has not called us to focus on those who don't do well to us? He called us to bless them who despitefully use us. That's gospel. Do I have to be a friend to somebody who's not a friend to me? No. But can I be loving to someone who doesn't love me? Yes. Yes. Because what I can do is show the love of Christ even when they don't understand what the love of Christ is. So we pray for each other and we love each other. So we pray for each other. The thing that is lacking more and more of is a love for others. Do you, do you think about this? A person that can walk into a room of strangers, pull his gun out and shoot without any thought, has no care for others. He doesn't care, she doesn't care about others enough to think that these are lives that are being taken. My anger, my frustration, whatever's going on in my life, it does not warrant me harming them. To show how severe this is, walking into a school of elementary children, surely they hadn't done anything. And shooting them up shows a lack of a sense of connectivity. And when we are harmful to one another, it shows a lack of care and concern for each other. The other thing is, when we, when we pray for our leaders, pray for our pastors, we, pray, we, we have a care and concern for them, knowing that they're under much pressure and much attack. The pressures that they see, the thing that the pressures and pastors go under, uh, are under because they are charged with righteousness and teaching and preaching and nurturing and helping. When you talk about battles, you always go after the head in order to cut it off so that you can then harm the rest. Anytime that there's a strategic battle going on, they're trying to figure out where is headquarters. In a church, the enemy wants to cut off the head so that then the church then falls. How devastating would that be? If I walked in next Sunday and said, look, Jesus ain't real. And all these years I've been preaching, I finally got a revelation. He's not real. How would it affect you? You say, what in the world? Is pastor on medications? Because he, he, he must not have took his. But wait a minute. 
What happens if half the people stand up and say, you know what, I was thinking about the same thing. And walk out with me. So you pray for your leaders because they're under attack. The enemy wants to destroy. He wants to get in the mouth of preachers and teachers because they have influence. Amen? So Paul says, I pray for, pray for each other. Pray for your pastor, amen? Look at this next one. So we pray for one another because prayer is good. Would anybody in here say it's bad to pray? I don't think anybody would, would you? We all, could, we all would agree that prayer is good, amen? Yes. By a show of hands, is prayer good? Yes, amen. It's a good thing to pray, right? So we pray for one another because it's good. And here's what Paul had to say about praying for one another. He says, therefore, we, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Wait a minute. We just, we just established that prayer is good. So doing good is doing prayer. If I'm doing prayer, I'm doing good. So Paul says, as you have an opportunity to do good to all men. But look what he says at the end. He says, but especially those who are of the household of faith. If prayer is good, then we are doing good when we pray. And Paul says you should pray for everybody and anybody. He said, but you ought to especially pray for those who are in your fellowship of believers. Especially them. Going to pray, pray for one another. Pray for all men. He says, he says do good to anyone, everyone, but, but especially those who are the house of the faith, household of faith. Amen? This next one here. We pray for one another to encourage oneness. We pray for one another to encourage oneness. Because, see, as we pray for each other, we feel connected to one another. And then we are actually fulfilling the commandment that Jesus gave us. Jesus, turn, if you would, to Mark, Mark's gospel. I want you to see this real quick. Mark's gospel. We pray for one another because it encourages oneness. Turn to Mark chapter, chapter 11. I'm going to read John, uh, John chapter 17 because Jesus prayed this very prayer for us. Uh, right before he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, here's a, as a part of his prayer in John chapter 17, verse 20. You go ahead and turn to Mark chapter, chapter 11. Uh, go, go there for me, would you? But I want, I want you to direct your attention once you've gotten there to direct your attention to the screen and see this. Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone. So he's, he's talking about the disciples that are there. He says, I don't, I'm not just praying for these disciples that are right here. He says, but I'm going to pray for also for those who will believe in me through their word. He says, for every believer that will come after these believers, every believer that will believe after these disciples, he says, that they all may be one. Jesus, Jesus prayed that we would be one. So here's a question we have to ask ourselves. When, we are, when we're divided and separated, does that hurt Jesus' heart? Does it hurt Jesus' heart when we talk about each other? Does it hurt Jesus' heart when we don't care enough about each other to be concerned about what's going on? Does it hurt Jesus' heart when we don't have a concern for whether or not someone needs prayer sitting even on the pew with me? Because he prayed right before he went to suffer, he prayed this prayer, God, I'm, Father, I'm praying that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you, that they also may be one in us, 
that the world may believe that you sent me. He says, he says, if the world sees oneness in the body, they'll believe that you sent me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Pastor, are you saying to me that Jesus is implying here that our witness to the world is our oneness? I'm not implying it. That's what it says. He says, Father, that all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe, that the world may believe that you sent me. He ties it back to their oneness. Caring for one another, loving one another, being concerned for one another. But here's what, here's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 24 through 26. He says, he says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you. If you don't forgive, neither will your Father forgive you. See, see praying for us brings us to reconciliation because Jesus said you can't keep on praying without forgiving. Forgiveness is offered, whether someone takes it or not, I have to have my heart right enough to, to offer it. When you pray, he says, if you got something against someone, forgive them, let, them, let it go. Don't try to hold it, hold account, let it go, because the Father, as you forgive, your Heavenly Father forgives you. Amen? Amen. So we forgive, but the other reason why we forgive, we get forgive because we love one another. If we show love, we have love for one another, it causes us to pray for one another because we pray out of love. You pray for your children, you pray for your nephew, you pray for your son, you pray for your daughter, you pray for your cousin, your mom, your dad, you pray for those whom you love, right? If, we're, if I were to ask right now, what is your prayer request, you would start mentioning people that you love, right? Watch this. When we love one another, we start mentioning each other. But it's okay because I want you to see this. Uh, I'm going to help you with this one. So we love, we, we pray for one another because we pray out of love. Turn, if you would, to, this, to the 12th chapter. We're already Mark 11. Turn over to chapter 12. This one's really going to bless us. Then I'll be done. Mark chapter 12. So here in Mark chapter 12, the, the, the question has been asked to Jesus, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, Love, your, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. And then he says this in verse number 31. And the second is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandments that are greater than these. He says, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Verse 30, and then verse 31, he says, loving your neighbor as yourself. Loving your neighbor like you love you. That when you, would you want someone to lift you up in prayer? Then you should lift someone up in prayer. And the blessing of that is God will always, because the word of God says that whatsoever you sow, that you also reap. So if I, if I sow praying for somebody else, guess what? I'll reap being prayed for. If I sow praying for someone else's children, I'll reap 
someone praying for mine. See, here's the thing. Oftentimes, because we're so selfish, the things we're asking for, God is not responding because it's not out of love. Love, yes, for what we want, but not for others. You want your wayward son, your wayward daughter to be drawn back to the Lord? Pray for somebody else's son or daughter. Does that mean I stop praying for mine? No, by all means, lift yours up, but you should not just pray for yours. And you shouldn't just cry over yours. See, I wasn't crying. I don't have any teenage children. My son, Jeremiah, graduated from high school. He's out of school. He's, he's, so, so, so I'm not praying for high school students because I'm thinking about mine. I'm thinking about the children of the believers. I don't have any middle school children, but I'm praying for the middle school children and weeping for them because they are children under duress. So he says, there is no other commandments that are greater than these two, the love of God and the love of, of people. Anytime, let me say this to you, anytime you love people and you show love to people, God will always bless you. I'm convinced that the favor of God that's on my life and the blessings of God that he brings into my life is because I love people. I don't try to be grandiose. I don't try to, to, to be above others. I try to, 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 I try to be, meet everyone on their level. I don't try to use words that people don't understand. I have a vocabulary, but I try to use words that, that everyone can understand. Amen? But showing love to others, God will always bless that. He'll always bless it. Selfish people that are self-centered only focus on themselves. They don't demonstrate the love of Christ because you can't. Yeah, Christ already loves you. And certainly you should love yourself. But he says, I've called you to love neighbors like you love you. So here's this. When you bless somebody, bless them like you bless you. If you say, hey, the Lord, called, the Lord told me to bless you with some shoes. Don't take me to goodwill. Want me to be grateful. Walk me down the aisles and. Got to dust off the shoe. You, you, what do you think about these? I think they're dusty. That's what I think. <laughs> got me all over at the, at the Goodwill bas uh, 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 outlet where we got to put on gloves and put on an exterminator suit and everything to go through all of the bins, try to get something you're trying to bless me with. That ain't how God is. <laughs> no. You would be offended if somebody did you that way, wouldn't you? You take somebody and give them something decent, give them something nice. If you can't afford to, if you can't afford to take them to Johnson and Murphy, at least take them to a new shoe store. Amen. Amen. And I believe the favor of God is on us because we we, we love people, we show love, and if you show love to, for each other, kindness and concern for each other, God will bless that. I promise you, He will. Because He says, as you have an opportunity to do good especially those who are of the household of faith. Amen? And then finally this. Turn to 1 John chapter, uh-oh, go back. 1 John chapter 4. I'll help you with this and then we're going to be done. I know you say, well, Pastor, I wish you would moan a little bit sometime, preach a while. Mm -hmm. Mm. The Lord is my shepherd, and I have everything I need. He lets me 
lie down in green pastures. And it leads me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Mary had a little lamb. His fleece. You wouldn't even know the difference. I've been mean, shift gears. I'm on something else. You tell it, I'm telling nursery rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. I tried. I tried. When I first started preaching, I said, God, I'm going to try to home. I got a friend. He could, he could change keys. And, I was like, yes. I'm a, I got out there because I could sing, you know, Brother Chris. I thought I could, you know. I got out there. I was on a limb. I didn't know how to get back. Somebody say yes. Somebody say yes. Amen. <laughs> I'm glad you said yes. Amen. Let's go. <laughs> so the, the Lord has called me to teach. To teach you. Amen. Amen. Everyone has their calling. And my calling is to teach. Amen? Amen. That's what I'm doing now. Here's the thing. Let me teach you this. He says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. See, the enemy has slipped into the church locally, globally, collectively, and taught us hate for one another. The apostolics hate the Baptists. The Baptists are against the Pentecostals. Everybody's against each other. We're all in the same family. Do we have different expressions of faith? Yes. Some speak in tongues, some don't. Some believe that you need to be, go down in Jesus' name. Some believe. We're all believing that Jesus was the Son of God who came, died for the sins of the world. And we have such an animosity against each other. And then we come to church in our own local assembly and have such animosity against each other. But here's what the word says. You, you can't say, I love God, and then hate. He says, not say you hate, but hate. Because you may not say you hate them, but your actions are hateful actions. They are hatred-based actions. He says, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For who, he who does not love his brother whom he sees and has seen, how can he possibly love God whom he's never seen? That's heavy. That'll bring you to the altar, won't it? You can come. I, I, hey, I would, I, I'll, get, I'll get down there with you. Because when we say, I love everybody, but you show hatefulness to others, don't care about anyone, don't care about others. He says, you're lying if you say you love God because if you see these people whom you cannot love, how can you possibly love a God that you've never seen? 